Welcome to the Driveway Beers Podcast. Conversations you have in your driveway over a beer with your friends and neighbors. Alright, welcome back to another show. Thank you for coming back, as always. Uh, head on over to drivewaybeerspodcast.com. Go ahead and click on uh, private internet access, the link that we have there. We do earn a little commission if you go over there and pick up one of their great deals on a, on a VPN. Protect your credit card information. Protect your identity online as best you can with a uh, virtual private network from private internet access. Um, one thing everyone's probably feeling right now are gas prices at the pump. And my own personal experience, uh, we drive a Ford Edge. And went to go fill it up the other day. And it was pretty low. It was, it was it was below an eighth of a tank. Like we were running on fumes a little bit, you know. So your so your wife was driving it last. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I got in. I was like, well, "You need gas." So we go in there. I fill it up. Just go to the regular Exxon station. I think gas price was like four eighty five, four ninety, whatever it was. It was eighty dollars to fill up my midsize SUV with a V six. Yeah, which essentially the midsize SUV is now the the family sedan of you know when we were kids. Yeah, so it's not like you're filling up a suburban. Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong the the price the total price you pay has a lot to do with the gas tank size you have, right? Mm-hmm. So I think we had like a, we got like a fifteen gallon tank. Yeah, but even in my other car, you know the, the Equinox, which you've talked about, it's got an eleven gallon tank. I mean, $55 to fill that up? Oh, yeah. Like, you got to be kidding me with this. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, putting $70 in a Ford Fusion is, <laughs> that's always fun. So, um, yeah, it's it's putting a squeeze on a lot of people. And, you know, as, as everyone knows, everything we get, everything we consume, every service we use, it, it all comes here via via truck. So unless you live right next door to the factory where something was made, and even if you live right next door to the factory where something was made, chances are everything in your house got to you via truck, which means it goes using diesel. So and let's say you do the, the cost of producing things, which also takes fuel and energy as well. So that price also goes up too. And uh, so I think everyone's feeling, unless you're like uber rich, you're you're feeling the pinch. Um and it's definitely as the as the pundits like to say a kitchen table issue. Um, but I think it's important to to look at you know because everyone likes to blame the president for for stuff like this, and because I don't particularly care for this president, um, I I'll, I'll blame him for it. But is that quite fair? Um, but you know I've always said economy is kind of like the ocean. Uh, it's I don't think the president has or the government has complete control over it. But uh, where they do, you know, where the captain of a ship controls the ship, he can kind of control how it affects the ship when it gets into bad weather. So do you keep the bow pointing to the waves and ride the storm out, or do you do something stupid and you're taking, you know, now you're listing and you're taking waves over the side? So I think that's where kind of the politics comes into it. But, um, you know, now some people might want to blame him completely. I'm okay with that. And then there are others who want to give him a pass. And then, you know, just some of the things that are coming out of the White House regarding this are just, quite frankly, stupid. Um, some of the things that we are uh, being told, you know, it, it's almost it's insulting to everyone's intelligence. Um, there's a tweet recently where where uh, the president said that gas station owners need to need to lower their prices. Stop gouging people, and you know we can get into the you know we'll get into that too. Where what does the gas station owner make on a gallon of gas? You know it's not much, right? So yeah, it, there's so many aspects that are going into this, and it's just not it's not just with the gas that we're putting in our cars. I mean, there's also a diesel issue. So. I don't know how many episodes. It was a long time ago. We talked about gas prices when they went up. What during the the COVID stuff? No, I think well, it was when that that uh, ransomware attack shut down that 
big pipeline on the East Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those dum dums were filling like Tupperware containers full and plastic bags full plastic of gas. Bags them, right? Yeah. Then double down on it. <laughs> it's double bagged. It's fine. <laughs> it's not the good Tupperware. They're using the old Tupperware for this gas. The, the kiddie pool in the back of a pickup oh, truck full of gas. That was great. What could go wrong? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, there's a, a lot of not bright people out there, but. That's a different episode. They're good. For, hey, they're great for podcasts. They're awesome. For, they're great for us. Um, so one with the diesel fuel, or I guess with let's start with gas. So when we talked about the gas prices back then, one of the major things we talked about was there was a trucker shortage, mm-hmm. and the, a lot of truckers. When, when no one was moving around, there wasn't as much gas needed, so they ran fewer trucks. And they laid off truckers. Or truckers just left. Mm-hmm. They, they were like, okay, you know, I, I can retire now. Like, yeah. The trucking, the age of truckers overall is, is not young. Yeah. Um, it's not really a profession a lot of young people go into, whether it's because it's just not brought to their attention that it exists and can be you. You could go make some money doing that. Or whatever the reason is, there's there's just not a lot of people replacing the people retiring. Um, and if they leave and they let their license expire, it's not like you can just bring them back because they need a hazmat license mm-hmm. because it's gasoline and stuff lights on fire. Um, so right now, there is still a trucker shortage. Um, <coughs> but it's not just the trucks, though. There's at least in the with the diesel consumption, and the, the the CEO of Pilot Flying J kind of brought this out when he testified at uh, the Transportation Surface Board uh, with the government, and he essentially said Union Pacific was requiring him to cut his shipments by I believe it was twenty percent, and his diesel exhaust fuel the def fluid uh, by thirty percent. Mm-hmm. And the main reason that they were citing was that they don't that they lost a lot of rail workers, so they couldn't they couldn't run as many trains, which means they couldn't get him as much as he needed. Um, which was ra- so he had to raise prices because he wasn't getting as much to sell. Um, I think it was like one one container, one rail container was like. 21,000 gallons. Yeah, they probably use diesel. The the big bulk uh and for anyone that doesn't know like Pilot Flying J is enormous. Yeah. Um if you're just a regular I guess for lack of a better term civilian driver, you might not really recognize it. Um they operate a lot of big truck stops and they have fleet cards so like these you know big trucking companies will will utilize the pilot flying J um, truck stops and they have, you know, so it's the trucks, it's the fuel as well as the other things that go along. So showers for the truckers, sometimes hotels, um, maintenance, all the probably lot lizards too. Sure. Uh, (laughs) All the the stuff that goes with a truck stop all falls under that thing. So if you live in a suburban area, you're not going to see, that but if you once you start getting out you know traveling out west or to the south you'll see huge truck stops pilot flying j and that's you know it's two comp two different i guess brands that merged and yeah um there's so um, there's there's ta mm-hmm. and there's also loves yeah those are the big three yeah and when and when you see them you know they're Whenever you're driving, you'll see like the enormous sign on the, you know, it seems it's like 150 feet tall with the, but you go and they have decent food and you can get accessories for your truck if you want to like chrome it out, you know, (laughs) a bunch of bling. So parking lot bling. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and DEF um, is a huge, all all the, every diesel engine manufactured after 2010 needs to have this, it's called diesel engine fluid and it's a, a ureic acid, essentially piss that for lack of a better term that enables these v- these engines to run and uh i guess you replace it um every time you get an oil change they top it off so it's not something that needs to 
be replaced. You don't fill it up every time you fill your tank up, but every 3,000 miles or whatever your maintenance interval is, you need to fill it up. Now, a big semi-truck is doing 3,000 miles in a, in a week. Right. So it's going to need to replace it once a week. And if it's not there, the engines can't run. Yeah, the, the, the engine physically won't run. Yeah. Like, it won't start. Um, now, the older trucks can. Right. But how many of those are left on the road yeah. right now? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, the, it, the, for, to run this new ultra-low sulfur diesel, which is the new requirement, everyone needs to have this fluid in the engine, so, um, in the system. So, if it's not there, the engines don't run. And it even goes into, you know, your 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 heavy-duty pickup trucks. So, if you have a F-250 or if you have a... And then even smaller vehicles. So, if you've got a rabbit diesel, you need... I don't think they make rabbits anymore. Was it the Golf diesel? Oh, yeah, um, Golf, what is it, Golf, Jetta... Yeah, even besides for diesels for a little yep. for a while. Yeah, they need they need that that fuel in them to to or that fluid to to operate. So, um, it's a big deal. But yeah, the fuel industry itself is they like to be politicians like to vilify the and to a certain extent I get it, but all that doesn't solve the problem though. Yeah, they have to blame somebody. Yeah, because it's not their fault. Of course not. No. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't read extreme ownership apparently. No. So, um, but yeah, so they have to point the finger. So they point the finger at gas station owners, which was just ridiculous on its face. Um, they point the finger at the at the. I mean, the White House press secretary. It's the official line of the current regime. Is it's the well? They like to blame uh, the Putin price hike. Yep. Which is ridiculous. It probably contributes, but it's still ridiculous. Um, and then the, uh, the fossil fuel industry, cause they're gouging everybody, but the market set the prices, not the right. a barrel of oil is traded. It's a traded commodity. Yep. It's not set by, it's not set by the companies. Um, in fact, I mean, oil just dropped. I think it was, a, I think it was a couple of dollars per barrel today, actually. I mean, the prices are starting to come down. Mm-hmm. Um, the with, with so the same issue that's occurring with pilot flying J and the deliveries of diesel are are, are probably the same as regular gasoline mm-hmm. because a lot of the stuff gets moved by rail to the holding tanks. Uh, the refi- I mean, after the refineries refine it, they it's usually put on a train and sent to basically the holding tanks where the trucks can take it from the holding tanks to the yeah. to the regional. Uh, gas stations, but if you don't have enough uh, trains to run it where it needs to go, well, that's when you have a shortage. You have an artificial shortage because of a labor shortage. Yeah. So it's not that the refineries can't produce enough gasoline or that they can't produce enough diesel. It's the fact they can't get it to where it needs to go. And this is that same point we kind of made about the gas shortage last time where the gas prices went up last year um, or when that Colonial Pipeline thing hit. It, it wasn't from that. It was from the fact that there just weren't enough truck drivers uh, after people started getting their cars again. Mm-hmm. That They had let all those people go and they couldn't bring them back or they wouldn't come back and they couldn't hire fast enough so they couldn't get the gas out. Well, eventually they hired people they were able to get gas out, gas prices went back down a little bit, but then oh wait, let's start another war. Yeah. Or you know, or or let's get involved with someone yeah. else's war. Uh and we're gonna use that as a backdrop as to why we can't get gas prices lower, even though the real cause is because you have an industry that hasn't been able to hire fast enough in the rail industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and there's you know the the war in and, you know, the sanctions against the Russians, you know, fuel is a globally traded commodity. So something that happens on the other side of the world affects the global market. So 40% of the fuel that was consumed in Europe was what came from, from, uh, from, from Russia. So then we're going to go and cut that off, which, you know, but the Russians are still, they're just selling it to the Indians now. They're selling it to India. They're selling it to China. They're sell- And then they said, okay, you have to pay in ruples. 
So I think they all told him to go pound yeah. sand with that, though. <laughs> but um, yeah, so there's there's that going on. But you know, all of this stuff could be fixed. You know, it's it's not you know, especially on the supply side. Like if you look at, um, we haven't built a a, a refinery of significant capacity in the United States. So I think it was like 1973. Like it's ridiculous. We've been using the same refineries since that time. And I think that big one was down in, it's somewhere down the Gulf Coast somewhere. Louisiana probably. Yeah. I believe it is Louisiana that they built a huge refinery. Um, but that's why when a hurricane comes, fuel prices go up because if it knocks that refinery out, then you got all the crude, but you can't turn it into anything. Yeah, you also got the the oil rigs out mm-hmm. in the Gulf that kind of yep. take one of them out. Yeah, and and the thing is, it's it you know crude oil coming out is not good for anything. It needs to be refined into something, and um, you know if you take a barrel of of crude, you end up with I I just kind of call it the big three that everyone's going to that's really going to affect everyone, which is gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. That's kind of what is going to touch the majority of people's lives and then in diesel you also have like heating oil because home heating oil and diesel are pretty much the same exact thing mm-hmm. um so a barrel of of uh of oil will yield 19.5 gallons of gasoline uh 9.2 gallons of diesel and 4.1 gallons of of jet fuel so jet a is what most airliners are using so um, the total value of that's one hundred seventy-seven dollars per barrel. That's on the what they what it sells for retail, mm. and the barrel of, price of a barrel of oil right now is one hundred eight dollars. Right. So now there's other things that come out of it, like heavy oils that they use in like ships burn it, um, power plants will burn it, natural gas. There's some natural gas in a barrel of oil. Um, there's other products that come out of it, like uh, plastics. Plastics. Yep. Big one. Um, lipstick. <laughs> so a lot of the, uh, yeah, you know, people don't want to know what goes in their beauty products. <laughs> so there's a bunch of things that come out of it, and actually, when you add it all up, the the yield is uh, you know, a, a barrel of oil is 42 gallons, but you actually, if you add the the total volume up, you actually get more. But there's uh, that's uh, a gain through process, so that takes on water, right? So it it you get more. Um, well, gasoline, gasoline, they add ethanol, yeah, too. So you're adding some corn mash yeah. in there, and but you know, and and the thing is, all of these things are traded on the futures market, which um, are just people speculating that the price is going to go higher. So you can trade on gas futures only, just gasoline, or you could go on ba- you know the crude futures or whatever you want to do it. Um, so you're buying it now, hoping that the price of it goes up. I've always said a simple solution is that if you buy all of it, you have to take physical possession of it. Right. So if you're if you're speculating on pork belly futures, I hope you have a big freezer, right? Because you're about to buy yourself a bunch of pork belly. Um, yes. I don't I don't think that, that would really fit in well among the Wall Street set. I don't think you're gonna <laughs> win that one. No, I think it would be funny though. Watching a bunch of you know finance bros trying to find a place to put a couple hundred thousand barrels of oil. They go, they go buy a shipping container, go store it in someone's yard. That's probably not theirs. Yeah, probably mine. Right. <laughs> hey, you're not using it. <laughs> right. You're gonna use this. <laughs> but um, you know the the one thing about that is, so what are they what are they hedging their bet on? They're they're hedging you know they're betting that, and I think it was uh. It's a guy from, uh, he's Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank. Kevin. Kevin something. Yeah. So he said, just say you're going to increase capacity. It's going to, it's a futures market. If you're going to, if you go and say we're going to open up a pipeline or increase refining capacity or increase drilling domestically, well, those people who are betting on the price going up are going to stop betting on the price going up because in the future, it's going to go down based on that change in policy. Problem is, you can't do that. Yeah, you can't. You can't tweet out we're going to increase capacity, but then not increase capacity because well, then you're messing with the market. Yeah, and that's illegal. Yeah, but they should increase capacity. Um, but here's the problem, though. I don't think it's capacity. I think it's the transportation issue. 
Like if it's what the pilot flying JCEO said, mm-hmm. and Union Pacific is the basically the bottleneck is at Union Pacific, and yeah. they can't. Let's say they just can't run an extra train. Well, that extra train has forty to fifty cars on it. Well, they were they were also working on a pipeline. Well, that too. That they just arbitrarily canceled. Shocking. Because um, it didn't fit along. I I think that Warren Buffett was greasing the wheels on that one. Because well, yeah, he owns Norfolk Southern. Yeah. <laughs> and what do pipelines take business away from? Right. Trains. Well, well now, and there, if you want to go a little further down that rabbit hole. so oh, I like rabbit holes. Let's, so <laughs> you've got BlackRock and Vanguard. Mm-hmm. And Warren Buffett, as a shareholder in both of those companies, have large investments in electric vehicle and electric truck mm-hmm. manufacturing. And what better way to strangle out the the the, the truck drivers and the diesel trucks out there than to have some of your autonomous electric trucks, semi-trucks, mm-hmm. All of a sudden, there's going to be a big demand for it now, because well, we can't get these, we can't get these diesel trucks running because we don't have the fuel, and we don't have the def fluid. But I got these electric trucks; they're autonomous. You don't even need drivers for them. Yeah, and they don't need gas. They just zip around on they their just, own. They just zip around. They just get to where get stuff to where you need it to go. Well, that's convenient. Yeah. Now I'm not saying that's what's happening. But it sounds really, really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, what, hey, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? Yeah. And I, I, throughout the last two, three years, I always said, look, I hope there aren't people pulling strings just to get rich and wealthy. Oh, there are definitely people pulling but, strings. But it's been happening for centuries. Yeah. I mean, what do we say? During the COVID situation, there was the greatest transfer of wealth Mm -hmm. in the opposite direction. Yeah. Because the other greatest transfer of wealth happened from the the wealthy to the not wealthy in like the five years prior to that. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, Spiga got turned the other way. Yep. And, you know, maybe that was done. I'm not saying it was done completely on purpose, but maybe someone took advantage of some situations. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, um, one of the Weinsteins, either, I think it was either Eric or Brett, I forget which one, said it's a it's a confluence of, you know, and then people just taking advantage of it. Right. So no one set it all in motion. Well, that's, but, what, that's why I always, I've been telling people, if we're going to head into this recession... Like every, like people are saying, if we end up there, I, I've been telling people, look, if you remember anything from 2007, 2008, when the housing market collapsed, mm-hmm. if we go into recession, prices will go down on certain things. It would be a really good time to have cash because people who had cash in 2007 and 2008 snapped up some real cheap assets. Oh, yeah. And if they sold them in the past year or two, mm-hmm. they made a heck of a ton of money on them. Yeah. Or if they just held on to them and rented them out and basically choked out the market. Mm-hmm. I mean, the housing market, even as high as prices went, supply was really not there. Yeah. You know, maybe there's, and again, guess who owns a whole lot of real estate? BlackRock. And- BlackRock and Vanguard. Yeah. Shocking. These yeah. two names keep popping up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and BlackRock, they bought up a ton of properties uh, when they were cheap in 07, 08. And they've been buying ever since. And they've been renting those properties out. They're not putting them back on the market. Yeah. Um, and look, some people say, look, that's just good strategy, right? But that's a real big corporation mm-hmm. messing with the ordinary Americans ability to buy a home because they drove the prices sky high. Yeah. And they can look, they can eat an extra 20 to 50 grand on the house. Mm hmm. Cause they're, they're not paying the interest. Yeah. They're fine. They're, they're, they're paying with cash. Yep. And you know, just by sitting on it and renting it out, they're making money hand over fist on it. Mm hmm. And look, 
I'm not saying it's not a smart investment, but I'm also saying, look, if you're an individual right now and and you were able to save up some money during COVID, which a lot of people were because they weren't out traveling, they weren't out doing a lot of stuff, they got some extra money in the bank, hang on to it for a little bit. Yeah. I'm just saying, look, if we go into this recession, and if we don't, look, you still got it in the bank. But if we go into this recession in the next year or two and you have that cash ready to go, you might be able to pick yourself up some bargains. Yeah. And and do what the rich people do. Mm-hmm. They buy when it's down, sell when it's up. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I mean, but if they if they don't take care of the of the issue with the rail and get more people working on the rail so that they can run more trains, I don't really see that prices can go down all that much because the capacity is there. I mean, they've got the fuels there; mm-hmm. they just can't get yeah. them anywhere. And now that you know prices have gone so high, people are are going to be driving less. So, you know, eventually that's going to be a negative pressure on the price, uh, you know, as, as well, or maybe a stabilizing factor. Like, you know, you can only charge so much for it um, before people say, Hey, I'm just not making that drive or I'm not making that yeah. flight or I'm not buying that big truck. Cause I don't feel like putting gas in it. Um, <clears throat> we're taking, we're taking one trip in the RV this summer. Mm-hmm. I already know I'm going to pay out the nose for gas on that thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking, it's probably over a 50-gallon tank. Right. I mean, 50, I'm looking at least like a 250 fill-up. Right. And and that'll get me there and back. Mm-hmm. And then I'm probably not driving it too much after that. Right. Until prices can come back down. Well, I bought a gallon of gas uh, for my lawnmower <laughs> a couple weeks ago. So that's my investment is that one gallon of gas because I think I paid like four fifty for it. Yeah, stretched out. Yeah, you need at least three mows out of that. Yeah, no, I'm not. Well, I pay the kid next door to my lawn, so, so I still have the gas. So, so he's using your lawnmower? No, 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 no. So <laughs> he hadn't mowed the lawn for a while. Uh-huh. He was busy. Um, so I was like, man, this lawn starting starting to look pretty bad here. I'm gonna have to do this myself. Well, I didn't have any gas, mm-hmm. so I went and I. I took my gas can out and I bought a, a gallon of gas. But if it goes up, if the price goes up high, then I'll sell that gallon of gas right. to somebody else. See, you're doing what you're telling them to do. You're storing your commodity. I am. Yes. My gasoline futures. That's right. My one gallon of gasoline <laughs> futures. If I can do enough. it, if I can do it, the Wall Street guys can do it. That's right. <laughs> you hold on to that long enough, put a kid through college. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking so, of which, listen, why did you mow the lawn? You got a kid? He's not old enough to mow the lawn yet. Stop. He can push the lawnmower. I mean, but then there's the whole other part of it, which is like, you know, he's kind of skinny, so he, he's going to have trouble, like, <laughs> pushing it up the hill. And um, that his brothers are going to want to go out there. I don't need a four-year-old out there with the lawnmower. Then, then someone's losing a finger. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or they're going to fight. Right. And, and, and best, gonna lose best case scenario, <laughs> it's fighting. Worst case scenario, it's fighting and loss of limbs. Right. So, um, and they would figure it out. Right. They'll figure out a way to do it. Right. So, uh, yeah, but at some point I need to get him doing it. Um, I hate doing it. So. Uh, well, you do have, I mean, eventually the kid next door is going to go off to college somewhere. True. And then maybe maybe your your oldest can take over his business. Yeah. yeah. Unless, unless his younger brother takes over his business. Nah, I don't think so. Then <laughs> I didn't do it. No. No, I think, yeah. But, uh, no, said, I, did, I didn't know if my lawnmower was going to start. Even. <laughs> it's been, what, two years? At least. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna, so I bought starter fluid for it, too. <laughs> oh, no. So I was going to spray some. Uh, now, my lawnmower is a four-stroke. It's not a two-stroke. I was going to spray some starter fluid in that carburetor and. See what would happen. That's um, um, I mean, I, I won't let my kids mow the lawn just because I like riding. I, I've got my, my ride-on mower, and I like yeah. it. I like riding it. Well, yeah, and it also gives you 30 minutes away from the kids. So. Well, I put the I put those earmuffs on. Mm-hmm. I get the nice the nice uh, hum yep. from the from the engine. Mm-hmm. Vibrates my butt. <laughs> Feels nice. <laughs> um I do my circles. 
because my, my, my lawn's weird it's like a triangle shape yeah. on that side so i gotta i gotta mow it in a triangle so i don't i don't mind just mowing the lawn i hate all the stuff that goes with it oh i hate trimming yeah the no trimming place. i hate um i really hate doing the hedges i oh i hate that um i, I have a guy i hate blowing that. the grass clippings off of the sidewalk i don't i don't i don't blow anything yeah no, i don't do that i hate doing all that stuff i don't like any of that yeah i, <laughs> I should like, probably just live in a condo in the city really <laughs> so. honestly <laughs> i tell you what if there was a if there was like a, a two thousand square foot condo and i had a downsize like like 500 square feet mm-hmm. that'd be a real tempting offer yeah because two thousand square foot condo you can make do that's enough square i mean you can have like your wing yeah like it's like I go to my mother's place. She's got a she got a three bedroom condo. It's like eighteen hundred square feet. Yeah. Her bedroom and, and and bathroom, her ensuite, if you will, if you're Canadian. Yeah. Uh takes up like a good quarter of the place. Okay. Then she's got her family room. Her dining room's attached, and then she got a huge kitchen. Yep. Then she got the two bedrooms. On so the she, other side. On the other side with another bathroom and the yeah. laundry. I look I'm not saying it's a it's a perfect setup, but it's I think hers is about seventeen, eighteen hundred square feet. Yeah. I could make that work. Oh yeah, go for it. However, there would be no place for me to escape. <laughs> Here I've got a, like the layout I got a basement. Right. I can come to this basement like today, like there was some shouting going on mm-hmm. in this house. <laughs> like it's starting. Mm-hmm. Like the, the three ladies are starting to go at it a little bit. Yeah. More than I would like. And so today I was like, you know what? Um, today is not the day where I, I can I can have this in my ears. So <laughs> I, I I went to the basement. And I was like, I'm gonna shut the world out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, not a bad call. So yeah, that's uh, that's not a bad idea at all. I, I am worried about the gas prices, though, especially with that motorhome. Um, I do think some i do think we're going to start seeing parts of the recession come through though mm-hmm. um whether that'll push the prices down i don't know on gas yeah just because i don't know if that's the issue it's it's not it, again it's getting it to the pumps it's getting it to the truck stops you know it, for me like i mean i've got a gas rv so uh-huh. i don't have to worry about diesel or the exhaust fluid or anything like that um but even regular gas is just going to cost me a ton of money. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was. I was, then another thing, like people that have boats. Like I was talking to a friend of mine with a boat. Say, hey, you take the boat out. He's like, No, nah, man. I get. I. He's. Like, I got a hundred fifty gallon tank on that thing. Yeah. He's like, I'm not. I'm not spending that kind of coin to fill that thing up. Never mind the fact the gas stations on the water are more expensive. Anyway. Six bucks a gallon. Yeah. So, and his boat's too big to to trailer out and and, you know take it somewhere and then what are you going to bring uh you know 15 10 gallon gas cans out to it right you know um so yeah that's that's going to hurt hurt the, it, and some of the costs for like you want to take a fishing charter on the bay all those boats are diesels so yeah. now you're looking at at seven dollars a gallon on the water for diesel so you know the cost of those charters have gone i love going on a rockfish charter or something but you know the cost of it it's i can't justify spending that kind of money to bring two fish home yeah and there's another aspect of this because don't forget tractors run on diesel mm-hmm. so and there's two aspects here and I, I don't know if i'm going to be really good at kind of getting to the point on this so we were talking about the 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 diesel exhaust fluid which is the def fluid which is the urea yeah. Which they use in fertilizer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's going to be a fertilizer shortage. Yeah. Because, again, they can't ship it. Yeah. But if there's also the diesel fluid and the, or the diesel uh, gas shortage, if farmers don't get it with, along with the deaf fluid, then their tractors don't start. Yep. But again, if they also don't, I don't know have if, fertilizer, I, I don't know if tractors have to run on. I don't know if tractors, they're diesel. The big ones, those big farms. Those yeah, are, but do they? I don't know if they have to run on that 
Oh, the exhaust fluid? Yeah. Well, even so, okay, so let's just say but yeah, you're going to yeah. run into the issue with fertilizer, though. Yeah. Because urea is a major ingredient yeah. in fertilizer. Yeah. And then I think some dip, some some genius in, in the district went and said, uh, went and said um, that they need to, like, oh, we'll just increase the amount of ethanol. Well, it, it takes diesel fuel to produce corn ethanol. Yeah. So really the trade-off isn't there's you're not gonna see any benefit from that well and not every car can run on on anything over uh e85 no no so e85 means 85 percent ethanol okay most cars can run on only like 10 to 15 percent right unless you see like one of those flex fuel vehicles Mm -hmm. and mostly it was only gm and ford they were making them for fleet sales yeah yeah for the most part i mean there were some some general sales that they put out there too but not a lot of cars can run on that stuff And, uh, and and it's not as powerful as a of a no you you lose a lot of yeah. combustion power mm-hmm. when you use an ethanol um yeah it's not a very uh efficient f- uh, fuel yeah. i don't believe um so there there's been people that have been saying look later on this summer and into the fall there could be food shortages yeah now it's not like COVID food shortages where people were running out to get toilet paper because they thought they were going to shit themselves eight times a day. Yeah. This is going to be legitimate. There's no food to get to the store. Mm-hmm. Or there's going to be very limited quantities of food to get to the store. Yeah. And that's mostly due from... So fertilizer crops. So you're thinking like wheat. Mm-hmm. So bread. Um, it, it may not affect meat as much, but meat's already kind of had... Meat already kind of had their issue because they had the COVID shutdowns yeah. with the staff. Well, and that's that's what what is so irritating about all so angering. What angers me is that this is all the result of bad government policy when it came to the response to COVID, when the right. co- economy was put in an artificial coma, and then they kept doubling down on it, and they ca- and they're still doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, and now when I see people running around with the mask on, I'm like, oh, you're the true believers. Like you just you bought into it. Oh yeah. Um, and you know so, but it, they they continue to do it without regard to the damage it was causing, and now we're in this because it just doesn't. It's not a slight switch. You can't just turn it back on again. And they just kept doubling down, doubling down, doubling down, without really thinking. Hey, they're at some point not everyone can work from home at some point someone has to get in the truck someone has to grow the food and then put it in a truck and then drive it to someplace right so that someone can show up with their 14 masks on and sanitize the the world in their bubble wrap and get it yeah you know um and then go back to their zoom meeting and their only fans account Right. So, um, that was the real winners of COVID. Oh, was all fans. the people on OnlyFans, uh, and then they tried to get it conscious. Yeah. Oh, like, we're not doing we're not doing porn anymore. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. It, it, it only drove your valuation up. Yeah. Because of the amount of money you were bringing in. Yeah. Now it's awful. Yeah. It's like Twitch in the in the hot tub girls. Yeah. They try to ban them too. Now no one's watching Twitch. People really weren't into watching video games being played. Right. Who wants to watch a bunch of greasy, fat nerds playing games? No, it's for the pseudo porn. It's for the softcore porn. It's like, sorry, guy, it wasn't your intellectual, intellectually stimulating conversation. Yeah. While you shot people in a video game that brought me here, it was the boobs. It was boobs in a hot tub. <laughs> And oh, by the way, I caught yours too. You know, I, I caught your video game playing as well. Yeah, that's what got me there. Yeah. Like, it's it's like, look, if you go on YouTube, what videos do people click on? Yes, yeah. the ones with the good looking girl on the on the thumbnail. Yeah, no one's clicking on our videos right. with our red and green theme, <laughs> the, the barber pole. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe we the, need a girl with boobs. Listen, I can girl with okay. <laughs> as an experiment, I think if, if we did, if we just put. If I Photoshop like some random like, uh, I, I don't want to like just some girl with her buns sticking out or something like yeah. that. If I put that on our thumbnail, our views would go from six to thirty. Oh yeah, and one with and it could be the worst topic ever. Oh yeah, maybe this one. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's what people click on. They're not clicking on the 
the dude with a, a neck beard <laughs> who's got a real hot take on Elden Ring. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. No one's cl- people just happen to stumble upon you because they misclicked the girl with in the hot tub, right? And her, and her bikini on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're not they're not trying to sit around you watching you play the video game version of Goblin so, Quest. It's not your great great content you're putting out. <laughs> I've got a community. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, buddy. It's, you don't. It's accidental. <laughs> right. Completely. It's bots. Yeah. It's all bots. Russian bots. <laughs> Russian misinformation. <laughs> but, but and, and that's the thing. Like, when you, when you do artificially just put it into a coma, and then whenever they come roar, ba- roaring back into, and there was a spike, but that was just, like, you know, I think that was just, you know, the... If you pinch off a hose and you let the hose go, it's just running under real pressure. But some of that pressure builds up under it. You get that big shot of water coming out, and then eventually it just gives back to normal. It was funny. So Jimmy Carter's, uh, one of Jimmy Carter's aides or uh, advisors back when he was in the White House, he's actually now urging uh, the Biden administration to not uh, – to not go back to the Build Back Better plan that they had. Mm-hmm. I guess they're still trying to push forward. Oh, they some, want to spend more money. Yeah, some version of it. Yeah, they're, they're trying to. They're going to try and pump pump more money into the economy. And this guy, in Carter, I mean, there was a there was the uh, inflationary period from I think it was like seventy seven to eighty three. Yeah, or seventy seven to eighty two, something like that. So right when Carter was president, so this guy who's literally been there before. Yeah. Is saying don't do it. He's essentially saying uh, uh, reduce the federal deficit. So basically, uh, not that you, you, you budget in a surplus is what he's saying, mm-hmm. but don't don't pump more money out to people because it's just going to it's it's going to uh, elongate the problems of a recession. Yeah. So basically, you're you're going to create inflation rather than allowing the, the the proper lineage of this economy to do what it needs to do. Yeah, I mean, essentially, it, we haven't seen it in a while, but essentially, every seven years the economy flips. Yeah. So every seven years you have a peak in a in a valley, mm-hmm. and so essentially you go about fourteen years between. Uh, Really good economic times and fourteen years between bad economic times. Yeah, it's it's got something to do with like the Fibonacci numbers and whatnot. And, mm-hmm. and like economists know these probably things. the the Aztec calendar. Sure, it's something <laughs> it's something weird like that. It's crazy how how the number seven plays into this. Yeah, but essentially every seven years you get the peak in the valley. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, so after two thousand seven, we really didn't get too much of a valley in two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Well, this is 2021. This is the next seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, so in seven, it went down. And it kept going up and up and up and up and up and up and up. Because that recession was so bad. Yeah. Um, so even when we had like kind of a stagnant economy in 14. Mm-hmm. Well, then we started a trajectory back down. Yeah. And now we're in 2021. This is the seventh, another seventh year. Mm-hmm. And so this might be when we kind of hit bottom yeah, in a recession, or we start the recession. But then it'll start working its way back up, and 2028 will come back around, and maybe that's when we hit another a peak. Yeah. You know? But there are things that they can do to delay it. Yeah. And, like, back in 07, they had the stimulus plans then, and... and yeah, it, there, there was probably some delay there, but there were... I feel like, and I don't think the Obama administration got enough credit for this, but they slow rolled the recovery. Um, they could have pumped a lot more money into the economy to kind mm-hmm. of boost it back up. Yeah. Um, I think they did a good job by letting a lot of stuff shake out, though. Like they, they, they made the peaks and valleys less than what they could have been. Right. And and they kind of let it just steadily do what it needed to do. I think growth was only like two, two, three percent. It was real low, and I remember the Republicans would hammer them and hammer them and hammer them. And I kept saying, 
no, this isn't what you should be hammering them on because this is what we need right now. Yeah. Because if you spike back up, you're going to come back down hard. Mm-hmm. And I th- I'm worried that that's what's going to happen this time around. Yeah. If, if they put more of that build back better money in or whatever it's called, and they give more people money and more unemployment benefits and... But you, or, still, but you still have the you know people on that side beating the drum for universal basic income and yeah. you know ninety two dollar an hour minimum wage and blow you know free this and free that and it's like you you can't just blow cash into an economy with a limited it's just going to chase around a limited number of goods the inflation is going to continue to get uh, prices are going to continue to rise. Because they they have the idealistic view of it. Yeah, the idealistic view of, of universal basic income is that people will get their fifteen hundred dollars a month, and they'll use it to uh, pay their mortgage or they'll or they'll save it, right? Mm-hmm. And all that happens is that people go and they spend it. Oh yeah, and that rate and and that leads to inflation. Yep, and the that's the real the real world. Um, consequences are inflation when you just pump money out to people mm-hmm. and people are going to spend it it's it's right now why repos are at the highest rate they've been in, in three years because when people got that stimulus money on top of the tax returns mm-hmm. they went out and bought cars yeah. last year well now they can't afford those cars yeah the stimulus money's running out yeah they're not getting their stimulus stimmy checks mm-hmm they're Biden stimmies. Yeah. They're not getting those anymore. Yeah. So I can't afford the car payment. Yeah. You know, evic- evictions, mortgages, yeah. the, the foreclosures are going to go up. Well, I heard the, so the uh, the average new car payment is over $600 right now. Yeah. And the average used car payment is over 500 It's yeah. like, that's insane. Um. The you know that, and these aren't like three year loans people are getting. Right. These are like I eight. mean you can take a car car payment out for eight years. Eight years, yeah. You know, but it's, these cars are so some of these cars are so expensive that the only way to they're gonna sell the numbers of them they that they can build is by financing them for eight years. Well, I mean, a new like a new Chevy Silverado is like sixty grand. I know, and that's not even for the high end one. Yeah, no, that's like a. A decent one, an LT, yeah, an LT two, yeah. whatever, you know. But there, there was a guy on YouTube that I watched um, uh, uh, that that's in the car industry, and he's out in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So he went out to the the local dealer auction and just showed the lot, and he said, "Look, during COVID, there were only three rows of cars that were going through the auction block. Mm-hmm. He said now there's six. Yeah, but." If you look back there, there's a whole lot full of cars. And he said, that's where all the bank repos are. Uh huh. He goes, the banks aren't stupid. He goes, if they run them all now, they're not going to get anything for them. Yeah. So what they're doing is they're, they're, they're basically trickling them out. So they're, they're only put, like, they'll only put out 12 one week, mm-hmm. 12 the next week. Rather than putting, 48 cars out they're putting out 12 a week for four weeks yeah the problem is though they're getting more and more repos so now the backlog is getting even bigger mm-hmm. but these banks can sit on it yeah so what they're going to do is they're going to sit on it and they're going to trickle it out yeah so that way is to not tank the used car market mm-hmm. and so what people from the car people that i've talked to they've, they've basically been saying look hold off for now if you can yeah. If you can hold off, hold off. Because they think that you know, around winter time, some of these banks can't really just keep sitting on these cars anymore. Yeah. Um so they'll have to trickle out more than they were. Now they're not gonna they're not gonna flood the market, but they're gonna make it, it's gonna be uh so that dealers that go to these auctions, they're gonna be able to see that there are more cars there. Mm-hmm. And so they can do what they used to do. Basically, like they'll let the first couple of guys blow their entire nut on the first six cars. Yep. And they'll buy the the second six cars on the cheap because mm-hmm. no one's got any money left. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when there were the, when there were only five cars running, you, you would pay anything to get them because you needed inventory. Yeah. 
well, now if you see that there's six lanes of auction cars running mm-hmm. rather than just two or three, that you can you can wait out the heavy hitters and and some of these other used car lots can buy them on cheap. Right. Now, what that also means is if you have a savvy car dealer right now, they're going to be willing to deal on a car mm-hmm. because they're going to see this trend and they're going to want to replace the cars that they paid a lot for with cars they can get cheaper right now. Mm-hmm. So let's say you got a guy, he's got a, uh, a GMC Yukon on his lot. Let's say he's got an 06 Yukon mm-hmm. and it's got 125,000 miles and he was trying to sell it for 15. Let's say he bought it for eleven. Yeah, he could probably go and buy it right now at the auction for seven. Mm-hmm. So if you go over there and you offer him twelve, or even if you offered him eleven, mm-hmm. he'd probably take it and then go replace it with a seven thousand dollar car and sell that one for eleven or twelve. Yeah, but he's gonna even if he sells it for eleven or twelve, he's gonna make four or five thousand dollars in that car, even though he made nothing on you. Yeah, because he was never gonna be able to sell that other one for fifteen. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of a lot of these used car dealers are going to try and get the cars on their lot that they paid a lot for off their lot now, so that they can replace it with lesser cost inventory. Now, is are used car dealers buying it to do the same? Like, so a new car dealer, a lot of their inventory is on consignment, or they're financing their inventory. They're fi- most of them are financing. Yeah, so they're paying for the inventory they're paying a monthly payment yep but if they sell it before that first payment hits they don't have to pay anything for correct it. so that that's why you get the better deal on the car that's been sitting there for a long because they just want to get rid of it right because they're paying interest on it yeah at that point now are used car dealers financing their inventory or are they paying yeah they finance it too so they do they've got something called a floor plan okay uh and floor plan isn't like where they put the cars the floor plan is they're able to. They get a, a set dollar amount that they're allowed to spend. It's basically a credit line, mm-hmm. and they can spend X amount of dollars on it on, on whatever they want up to that amount. Yeah, and that's called their floor plan. Okay, um, but yes, they do pay interest on those cars. Okay, um, so I mean, but with a used car dealer, I mean, their their inventory is, it's especially the small used car dealers. Mm-hmm. They're mostly getting what the main the big car. You the the new car dealers don't want right. New car dealers mostly just took whatever they got on trade in, and if it was really nice, they put it out. Yeah. Now, during the last two years, though, the new car dealers were going to the used car auctions just to pick up inventory because there weren't any new cars to sell. Mm-hmm. And even now, with the new car manufacturers kind of slow rolling some inventory, because chip manufacturers come back quite a bit. Yeah, and the new car. And the new car manufacturers haven't been pushing the cars out. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, and I noticed Toyota's doing this, they're having the customer just order the car online mm-hmm. at the dealership. And they're just using the delivery at the at the, uh, the dealers as a delivery network. Right. So they're not even selling it to the dealership anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think some of these... I think new car buying might be changing completely to almost like a Tesla model. Yeah. Where these, they're not allowed to sell direct. Mm -hmm. Can't do it. They have to use dealerships as the intermediary. Yeah. Tesla got around that somehow, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because Ford is now, Ford created E-Ford. Okay. Which was a separate corporation from Ford, Mm -hmm. which isn't beholden. To the dealer network? To the dealer network. Okay. And so- their plan, and they haven't announced it yet, but their plan might be to sell the sell the electric vehicles direct to the consumer mm-hmm. via the new company. Okay, and they would still have to sell their internal combustion engine cars through the dealer network. Yeah, and there's rumblings about that in the back end of the, of of the car world, the automotive world, of what's mm-hmm. going to happen with some of these dealerships. Yeah, now it's like Rivian. Are they selling theirs direct, like Tesla? Yes, I okay. think they can. Yeah, all these new car uh, new car manufacturers since Tesla, I think, have been going direct. Yeah. Um, but I think that I mean, other than so, there, I mean, there's Lucid Air, which is the competitor to Tesla. Mm-hmm. Rivian with their trucks. Lordstown Motors was supposed to also do trucks, but I think they're going to go under. Um, and Ford with Lightning. Yeah. But who knows how well that's going to go over? Yeah. 
Um, but again, I mean, it, when it, it'll really depend on the, if we go into a recession, though. And I think we might. I don't know how bad it'll be. Yeah. But I think we're definitely going to see something. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on to your cash. You might be able to pick up some nice assets for the long term, cheap. Um, but as far as cars go, I, I would definitely kind of. I, I, I'm going to try. I'm looking for one. Now I look. You're always looking for a car. I am. I am. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like a hobby of yours. It is a, like, listen, my, my dad didn't pass down many vices. Buying a car every two years is like a drug for me. Like I, I have to do. Like I can't go two years, two three years without buying something. Like buying you should a car. lease cars. I used to, and yeah, I, I used to. My oh, I, and then I, I got I was I leased a whole bunch of Nissans, mm-hmm. and then I was tired of not having any equity to trade in with. Yeah, so I'm like I'm buying. I'm gonna buy used cars from now on. And I, that's what I've done ever since, and I, I'll trade them in. I, I, about year three, if you do a five year loan, a year three is generally when your equity fl- point. It, it flips. Yeah. yeah, and so I would go. I'd be able to go in, take the extra thousand for my car, and put it down on the new one, right? Or, or the use the new new to me one. But with this one, no. So this one, I'm not going to trade anything in. I'm actually looking to just buy a third car. Okay, because specifically, I want one with a third row. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at like the 06 Yukon Denali. Okay. So, 06 was before they went to displacement on demand with yeah. the GMs. And those, like, I'm, I'm, I know it doesn't happen to all of them, but the displacement on demand can really grenade an engine. Is there a way to disable that? There is. That you can do that. You have to get it done through a tune, I believe. Okay. But the, the Caprice uh, cop cars mm-hmm. had it as well. Which, by the way, if you find, if you can find a Caprice uh, cop car, with the six point two liter engine, I believe. Oh yeah, it's. I think it's got a Corvette engine. Well, it, or you can find a a, uh, a what was it the Chevy, Chevy SS the SS yeah, yeah. yeah the SS was the yeah it was the it was uh, a civilian, civilian version which was just had a lot more like creature comforts. Oh, than, yeah, yeah. Which by the way, if you can find an SS, I highly recommend you get yeah. it. Yeah, um, that's going to be a collector car one day. It, it well, you want to know surprising the predecessor to that was the Pontiac G eight uh-huh. GTP. Yep. And you could get that a manual. Mm-hmm. But that had the Corvette engine in it. Um it and they put they they put it out right before they killed off Pontiac. Yeah. But man, those things now if you find them, they're expensive. Mm-hmm. Like they ended up being collectors cars. Yeah. Uh but the SS, you can still get those right now fairly inexpensive. Yeah. But man, if you can find one in great shape, mm-hmm. and and you want the the wolf in sheep's clothing, Get that one because it looks like a Malibu. Oh yeah, and then the dude blows your doors off. Yeah, yeah. It's like the uh, when Pontiac came out with the uh, the GTO, the new the oh uh, the one with the Chevy Cavalier, the two door Cavalier. Yeah, it was the it was the it was a Holden Monaro. Yeah. The thing is though, people criticize that car because it didn't look, but the original Pontiac GTO was not. Um, I mean, it was kind of like your factory sleeper. Yeah, but it, it looked like it. It looked like a Cobalt. It was oh, either yeah. Cobalt or whatever. The, whatever small Chevy was car Chevy was putting out. Yeah, it was like wow. You you literally just stuffed a V eight under that hood <laughs> and rebadged it as a as a Pontiac. But God, it looked like crap. Like yeah, it, like that was. If you were gonna bring back the GTO moniker. That was not the car to do it on. It looked like a little Acura RSX. Yeah, I, I like the way that uh, that that Chrysler did it with the Challenger, an old Challenger and a new Challenger. Um, or was it no? Yeah, ch- Challenger or Charger? Charger's the four door. Challenger. Challenger's two door. Yeah. The the new Challenger parked next to a original challenger some very similar proportions looked yep. i mean from a distance mm-hmm. if you didn't know it you could almost not tell them apart yeah you know um of course once you got close you looked at the interior one versus you know you'd see it sure. but they did a really good job that was my favorite of those because ford did it with a mustang um chevrolet did it with a camaro like they kind of went back to the original versions of them and like I thought, Dodge uh, that Dodge did it the best. It's unfortunate um, what's happened with Dodge and Chrysler right now, because I, I've sat in one recently. 
Mm-hmm. It's a nice looking interior. Oh yeah, with the with the charger, the three hundred, mm-hmm. um, the 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 Rango right now. Yeah, they're they're nice on the inside. The problem is, is that from what I understand, the like the electric systems yeah. on them are just made like garbage. Mm-hmm. Like you just have like under gauged or um, over gauged wire, meaning the the wire's too small. Yeah. Well, when I was looking at trucks, I thought the of all of them, the the Ram had the nicest interior. Yeah, because I, you know, it was always the the Forge were my least favorite. The Ram was my, you know, I like the Ram. Toyota, of course, is a Toyota. I really like the way, not so much the current body style, but the one previous of the Silverado. The exterior of the Chevy was the nicest looking. The current one looks like fucking Frankenstein. What's up with it? Now I did see. A brand new Yukon versus Suburban, and the Yukon looks really nice. The Suburban looks like Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. know what they did with the front ends of those things. But see, with those, that that is a vehicle that whenever Chevrolet redoes the Suburban, I immediately hate the new version, and the one previous becomes my favorite. So when the twenty fifteens and up came out, I hated it, and I liked. The, the I guess the O five to, to fourteen. They swapped in 07. Yeah. Okay. O seven to fourteen. Yeah. The O six for me was still my favorite though. But that is my overall favorite. That was the mo- the nicest looking one. That they did a beautiful job with the exterior yeah. design on that. The yep. interior is eh, whatever. Well, it's typical GM crap interior. Yeah. But you can swap out that head unit for a nice nice nav unit touch. Oh paint. yeah. Well, because it's so big, it's yeah. a double den, so you've got a, a nice. Uh, area to that's why i'm looking for one yeah i think it's one of those things where i've liked it for so long mm-hmm. and now it's like okay you can get them pretty cheap yeah and i and i really don't like car interiors that are dominated by screens i, I still like traditional switch gear i like to be able to turn the air con- like so in my fusion i can't change a lot of the climate control stuff i have to do through this through the screen right i'd rather have buttons i want to be able to do that without looking at it yep um, and I hate the voice stuff. It never works the right way. I'm going to shock you here. When the Equinox, mm-hmm. the Android Auto, the v- the voice recognition on the thing is amazing. Hmm. Like I can, I can literally sit in that thing. Once it's connected to my phone, I'll hit the little voice button, and I'll just say, yeah, n- "Navigate to Donut Shack," and it does it, and it just does it. Oh wow! Like it's not like I don't have to say like navigate. Where would you like to navigate to? Yeah, uh, Donut Shack at eight fifty, you know, whatever. You just say navigate to Donut Shack. It's crazy how that's good it cool. Is. Yeah, like I, I, I that Android Auto thing. I, I, and from what I understand, the Apple CarPlay Work, is, works the same yeah. way with it. It's crazy, man. And then you've got then Audi's coming out this thing where you can like do hand signals to make it. Like I'm not signing no, I'm not to doing my hand car. That, uh. <laughs> you know what hand signal I'm going to give it? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I better know what that middle finger means real quick. Give you <laughs> half the peace sign. You better figure the <laughs> F out. <laughs> it better know. It better know where I want to navigate to with that symbol. Mostly what I tell my car when it starts talking to me is shut up. <laughs> right. I I'm, to- I'm sorry. Shut up. I'm sorry. Shut the F up. I didn't get that. <laughs> I, I hate it. My wife car yeah like you you've got to say specific things and the, not with the i swear to god with this android auto you you, you basically get in the ballpark yeah. it knows what you want i was like this is fantastic because when we when we had the town and country you couldn't program the you couldn't bl- connect via bluetooth mm-hmm. without talking to it and it would start going it would it would say Say one of the following like options. Like, oh, I hate that. Connect new phone. And you'd have to listen to the entire thing. Yep. You couldn't just tell it to connect new phone. My old Acura RL did the same thing. Yeah. It drove me nuts. Yeah. It drove me nuts every time. I, I just wouldn't use it anymore. Yeah. It's like, can I just push a button and do this? Right. I know exactly <laughs> what I want it to do. Right. So. All right, well, where we start? We started with uh, gas prices. And then end up with cars. Ended related. With cars, yeah. It is related. Yeah. Yes. Very nice. Ended up probably where we wanted to end up anyway. Yeah. Because f- to be honest with you, we could just turn this into a car show. Well, it's funny because I have this whole page of interesting factoids about gasoline prices and how, and we didn't use any of it. You got anything you want to just put out there? Oh, uh, let's see. Um, not really. No. All right. Well, thank you for listening. I hope <laughs> you enjoyed the show. 
please like, subscribe, comment, share. As Mike said, smash that like button. Yep. That's what the kids are saying. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even know if these, if people listen on a podcast, they don't, they don't, I don't think there's a like button. Maybe you have to say smash like button. I'm sorry. I didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Repeat. Yeah. <laughs> Enhance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, again, thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share. Go to the website, drivewaybeerspodcast.com, and click on that uh, PA, uh, the private internet access link. Get your private internet access uh, deal. $79 through uh, 39 months. So three, three years, three months. Get yourself protected online, and we'll see you next time.